Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey now, Semper Fi, welcome in to this edition of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show here on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. A beautiful afternoon. It is LSU in Arkansas tonight at 6.30, and you'll hear it right here on the home of the Fighting Tigers, WWL. I'm Christian Garrick here with you till 6.30. Alongside is former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler, a.k.a. Herb Teasy. Herb, how are you, my man? I'm good, K-Dog. How you doing today, baby? Good. Enjoying this weather, believe it or not. I know it's slightly chilly. It's going to get cold tonight, but uh, looking forward to it and uh, looking, forward, looking forward for the next couple of hours. LSU and Arkansas this afternoon, and this is a physical team that's coming into town. Her Arkansas wants to run the ball, coming right off the bus, and they don't care if they if you know it's coming, they're still going to try to cram it down your throat. Absolutely, man. Look, Arkansas is one of my favorite teams watching earlier on in the year. You know, they ran through a, a rough patch there um, a couple weeks ago, uh, uh, for for a few weeks, let's let's say. Um, but they got they got some 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 heavy hitters, man. Um, they got a really good, talented nucleus of guys. They got a really good head coach, and, and I like you know I like what Browse is doing over there offensively, as far as the coordinator is concerned. But you know Arkansas is a sneaky good team. I remember every time we played those guys, they always play hard, always play tough. Um, they will come up and and just literally just sock you in the mouth with uh, you know with the guy you've never heard of before. But it's not that same team, same type of team. Um, but these guys, I think, um, uh, could definitely um, put a black eye on this season for us as well, you know, or add to the black eyes as we've been having, let's say that. Um, but, you know, surprisingly um, to everyone else except myself, LSU came out and played really hard against Alabama last week. Um, and I, I look to hope, and I hope, well, I hope to see that we can continue that play that, um, that that pride, uh, the ability that we, we you know, just kind of let everything else behind us just just go away and just let's see what's in front of us. And I hope we can do that again tonight against Arkansas and pull out a, a win tonight. Herb, they're playing for their bowl lives. They're bowl eligible if they get one more win. It could start right now tonight against Arkansas. I want to see, like you, is there still that pride that we saw last week against Alabama? I think that would I think that would be great, and I think that that that's still a lot to play for when you when you say you're playing for bowl eligibility, and uh, I, I just I don't see why you would roll over it, and and I don't think that these guys are going to do that, especially watching what they did last week. Now, here's the other kicker. The other kicker is the guys that are playing are the younger guys, the guys that were not even slated to be playing as much as they are now. Um, and then that makes a difference too, because now those guys taking are, are taking more pride in what they're doing with preparation, um, engaging in the game plan, um, and just wanting to be the best that they can be. And then, you know, you know, the biggest question tonight is how much or how, if at all, will Nussmeyer play tonight, right? And um, and I think Max Johnson has done a good job thus far to get us to where we are 
Um, it, it just seems as though he's missing something. Some accuracy. It, <laughs> accuracy. Well, that and also he holds on to the ball too long, right? He's not decisive enough and confident enough to throw the receiver open or, you know, have some anticipation to be able to get the ball out of his hands in order to make the play happen before the defense knows what's going on. So I think that's to me is the most important part of his game that he's lacking as of now. But I would have thought by this time in the season, he would have come along with that. Now, look, you, you still, you throw a Nussmeyer in there tonight. He hasn't played much, but he does have this, this, this flair about him, this, this Farvian about him, you know, it's Brett Farvian about, him. he just goes out and he wins it and he plays man. a good game. Yeah, he's a right, gunslinger. Right. He's definitely Listen, that, but I think that he's a confident gunslinger. He's not just, yeah. you know, he's not a guy that just doesn't know what he's doing. He understands what's happening, and he's going to give it a shot. What do you make of the, the dad calling Jake Peets and saying, hey, here's the plan as to how you're going to play him? I mean, I just think, you know, Coach O <laughs> even admitted that his dad, he talked to his dad, and I just, that's well, like Little League youth football Pop Warner stuff where you're, where you're letting dads make decisions for you. K-Dog, you'd be surprised that of how many other parents that that, that's, that that are not offensive coordinators in the NFL are calling the coaches on a daily, weekly basis. That's why you see certain people that are playing, and you're like, well, why is this person playing? You know, I bet or, they or don't call Dabo Sweeney, and I bet they don't call Nick, uh, Nick Saban. I bet they do, but I bet they don't get the same response. Fine, that. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's more know, like, hey, leave me alone. Happening. You're right. I guarantee it's happening, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's one of those things that you know. Hey, look, the best guy is going to play, and we are here every day, and we see what's going on. But you know, at the, look, at the end of the day, I think everybody is like, okay, well, can we just give somebody else a shot too? Let's just see what somebody else can do. Um, but you know, is is it is it Max Johnson's fault? I, you know, can't really say a hundred percent, but I can show you some things on film that he does not do well. I mean, we had three chances down there late in that game in the quote unquote red zone or at least from the thirty going in where we could have we should have won that game at least by ten points. And we get nothing out of it basically. And it's not because we went for it on fourth down, but it's it was because we did not execute on either down, first or first, second, third or fourth down. And I think a lot of that had to do with Max Johnson last weekend. In particular his his problem all year long has been throwing accurately under pressure. And I know that some fans are going to say, yeah, well, he's, he, he can't be under pressure all the time. I understand that and recognize that and agree with that. However, it comes with the territory, Herb. You know it. It comes with the yeah, job yeah. of playing quarterback. You're going to have to deliver in the pocket accurately with guys in your face. You're just going to – it's part of the job requirement. Well, you're not going to be 70%, you know, unless you're Joe Burrow. But you're not going to be 70% under pressure. You may be 50, so but you need to be 50, right? You can't be 30. <laughs> You know, and then the other thing is this: How much of it really, truly, is the, the defense creating the pressure, or is it that I'm sitting back in the pocket as a quarterback, holding the ball, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then all of a sudden somebody breaks loose, right? And they come and they, they add pressure to me. So I don't think it's just that. I think it, that's what I say in my mind as I watch, at least in particularly that game last week. It literally was like he was waiting on a singular guy to get open and then to try to throw the ball to that person. But, you know, that's not how it works. You need to come off of that read, go to the next one. If that's not there, the next one, if it's not there, run the ball. There were several times, at least on that first 
I guess the the, the first possession that we had at the, in the at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, um, where we were down there and we went, I think we went, you know, we tried to go for the fourth down and we missed it or didn't get the touchdown or whatnot. But he had a couple of opportunities to run the ball for a touchdown or at least get the ball closer to the goal line, and he just did. She chose not to do it and just held on to it, held on to it, and that's to me. That's at the fault of the, the the player not being confident enough to to believe in his abilities to make things happen. I'll take your word uh, for that. That's for sure. You played the position. You you understand the processing point of, of processing coverages and recognizing when it's time to bail. And Herb, another thing is, Max Johnson's shown defenses he can't consistently beat you when you're blitzing because they they just keep coming after him. Most quarterbacks, most really good quarterbacks, are going to make you pay eventually. For blitzing them, he hasn't made defenses pay enough. Yeah, absolutely. And look, and, and it's 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 it could be twofold. It could be either he doesn't understand where the pressure is coming from and who's supposed to get the ball once he notices and realizes that, or is it just the fact that he does understand that pressure and then he just can't accurately make uh, or not the pressure, but identify or recognize who's supposed to get the ball, but he just can't at, at you know accurately make the pass. And whichever one it is, he's being unsuccessful at either at them all, right? And so the defense is going to continue to do that. And the, you know, you're missing the Keishon Butte out there who can actually really go up and go get the ball. But there's got some younger guys that can do that. But you're you're, you're he's not putting the ball in the position to where the offensive receivers can make a, a or have a better chance of making a better play at the ball. And it's more of a a less than a 50-50 ball. Most of them have been like a 60-40 ball, you know, going toward the defensive side. And that's what's been happening, and that's what's really been holding them back and and not getting him to that elite level. He's been good. Now, we cannot take that away. He's been good. Has he been what we need him to be in order for us to be completely successful? No, he has not. So we have to address that and figure out what the issue is. We are just getting started here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick, NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier, coming up in about 12 minutes. Stick around. This is the home of the Fighting Tiger, WWL. Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here till 430. We'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network. 630 kickoff between the LSU Fighting Tigers, and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Herb, another thing that I want to build upon uh, with this quarterback situation that could be developing, Garrett Nussmeyer expected to play. Um, So it sounds like he's ready to give up his red shirt in order to play. Do you think that's because he wants to to get a a head start and have the coach be able to look at him, the, the incoming coach to be able to look at him and have tape on him so he can evaluate between him and another quarterback that might be a transfer, and, uh, of course, Max Johnson? Yeah, I think that's a part of it. Um, ultimately, I just think that he just he thinks he can play better than Max Johnson. And I think he just wants an opportunity. And, you know, and I think he was chomping at the bit last weekend to get in. And I think, you know, Coach O was, was you know, reluctant. And then, you know, we know what he said after the game. But, I don't, you know, I think that yeah, he wants to show what he can do, but I think he wants to show everybody what he can do, not just the new incoming coach or, or or whoever. I just think ultimately he thinks he can give LSU the best chance to win now. Um, and and, and there, is there anything wrong with that? No, not at all. You know, I think that it, it may be warranted. It may be he can come in and 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 and, and garner a spark 
that could light a fire underneath everybody and just bring some joy and some some fun to the game and and bring an optimistic view of the game for all of the guys on the team and even the coaches. So there may be some things that they can do with Garrett that they can't do with Max. um, Wait, can I stop you for a second, Herb? Yeah. So what, as you see it, what could be those different things be? You've seen a play. Like direct, you know, like specific call runs for the quarterback. I think that they think – I think also that when you see him play, I think he has the ability to to just be fiery, meaning you don't know what you're going to get, right? You might might get back there and and perfectly read the progression and get the ball off. He may have two guys in his face where he can't do that, but he may run around and give you a little bit of what we saw against when we played Auburn or what Bo Nix did us, right? That's the kind of things that you need, especially in a season like this, because there's nothing that's perfect. None of your guys that you were thinking were going to be there that are starters are there. Nobody. You know, a few guys are there, obviously. But, you know, the season has not gone the way we want it to go. So, you know, he may be that guy that can bring that spark in and do some different things. I mean, he may be able to throw the deep ball a little bit better than than, than Max can, right? You know, um, he may be a lot more accurate than Max is in – some deep in routes or, or some, you know, some the short, quick game, passing game or whatnot. I, you know, just I don't know. But I think that could be some of the the, the, the differences between the two of those guys. I know one for, for, for a fact, I believe, that Nussmeyer is not going to just sit back there and, and just wait to be hammered or, or, you know, hold on to the football. He's definitely going to get out of there when it's time. Whoa, this one just coming down. Number eight, Oklahoma suffers their first loss of the season. 27-14 and number 13, Baylor. How about that win for Dave Aranda? Hey, that's pretty good, huh? I like old Dave. Yeah, I mean. And, look, he, he's taking over. When we talked about this last week, I think we, he's taking over, uh, you know, a, a really good Baylor program. But what he's doing is he's extending the growth of that program, and that's what you want to see in a guy like Dave Aranda. You think he's a candidate to come to LSU? I don't think he's the first candidate. I think he should be in the at least you know in 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 the room when when it's time to talk. I think he should be a guy that we talk to. But you know, I don't know what his interest would be coming here. I mean, I think it'd be a great interest for him, but I don't know. You know, I don't know. Yeah, he would be a guy I would definitely want to talk to talk to if I'm Scott uh, Woodward. That's for sure. He, he merits a conversation. I know he's well, only been at Baylor one season, but you saw what he did for your national championship team uh, as a defensive coordinator and. You know, he's the complete opposite of Coach O. He's not yep. as fiery. Uh, he's a much more measured and kind of a CEO kind of approach. Well, you know, he's always been in discussions of the, the next head coach somewhere. Even, even when he was at LSU for such a long time, he was always – his name was being thrown in the hat at here, this place, that place, whatever place. So I think he should definitely, you know, go on a, an interview – but then again, you think about it on the flip side of that, we're you know we're saying we're flirting big time with Lincoln Riley, who, with whom he just beat, right? So, um, you know, I, I, hey, look, I mean, I don't know, man, I don't know. It's, there's a couple of really good candidates out there, but a guy like Dave Aranda could be really great for for LSU, and I think he would do what he's doing at Baylor and just stay on the defensive side. You know, be in the meetings rooms on offense, but allow the offensive coach to to develop and 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 grow those guys the way that they're doing. I remember talking to him, I think it was at one of the Saints training camps or perhaps on the uh, LSU coaches coaching caravan, 
and he, I asked him, I think he want his big aspiration, obviously, is to be a head coach, but I think he has designs on being a coach in the National Football League. I think that's his ultimate goal. I don't know how it could change. It could have changed. This was a number of years ago, but uh, just something to think about. And, that, and look, you get yep. to LSU and, and fall in love with it, have success, and change your mind, go, no, I'm good right here. I'm just saying well, I think he, he has high aspirations. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think if you really had – great aspirations of being in the NFL, you, I would I would think that he would have taken the job by now as some sort of a, a, a position coach or, or a coordinator somewhere in the NFL, correct? Yeah, I, I could see that, but I could also see the path that he's on right now leading to a head coaching job. I guess so. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. I just, you know, I just, you know, is he is he an NFL guy? I have never thought of him as an NFL guy. I mean, there's certain people that are, you know. Like, when you yeah. look at Joe Brady, he came down and he just does not look like it at all, and then he goes back, right? And then you look at your, you know, your Sabins and, and, and that, that's how he goes up there and he just, he hates it as a, as, a, as a head coach, right? So, I don't know. It's just different. You know, I don't know. But I think that Aranda should get an opportunity to interview for LSU. We welcome in now NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. Mike, how, how are you? Beautiful weather, man. Man, is gorgeous. Really is. Outstanding. Mike, I was talking earlier with Herb. Uh, make no mistake about Arkansas. They're, they're running the ball coming off the bus. They're physical. They want to beat you up. How do you like this matchup for LSU? Man, if I'm Arkansas, I want to throw the football. Uh, <laughs> it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out you know, when you have your two starting corners out and you, you banged up at safety and look the size of the wide receivers uh, for Arkansas. Uh, all these guys really big, and they've got a, a first-round pick wide receiver uh, and Traylon Burks. Uh, you know, he's a six foot three, 230-pound wideout, a track sprinter in high school, a former basketball player, baseball player. Uh, I get it. You want to run the football, uh, you know, but, you know, you can bang your head against the wall a few times, but then you figure out it hurts. Uh, It's a lot easier uh, to throw the football uh, because I think last week sort of indicated that LSU did a really good job stopping the run. And uh, I I do know that Sam's wheelhouse. Uh, Coach Pittman loves to run the football. But if I'm looking for a matchup, mismatch, uh, I look at Burks and I look at these other receivers, they all sort of built the same. And, again, you're not going up against LSU's number one unit at corner. So uh, I'm sure Sam will not change that game plan and he will want to run the football. But where I see the mismatch is Burks against anybody LSU's got. Uh, because of his talent and also his physicality, you don't see a lot of six foot three, two hundred thirty pound wideouts that can run uh, like what Traylon can. So you're saying it's Burks versus all y'all? <laughs> In essence, <laughs> man. No, my thing is, man. Listen, if I got Burks, he touches the football ten to twelve times tonight. Again, um, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're not splitting the atom. I just know that guy is a special football player, and I pump him the football. He's been really productive this year. Um, sort of got two touchdowns stolen from him on bad calls, or really bad calls. But, uh, again, you are who you are identity-wise. 
Sam's always been known as a offensive line coach that loves the physical part of the game, and he will not get away from running it. But my look at it is where I see that they could do some business is throwing it downfield. Where do you – what do you make of – I think it's pretty interesting uh, peek behind the the curtain, so to speak, with Coach O revealing today that he talked to Garrett Nussmeyer's dad, uh, Doug Nussmeyer, and they kind of came up with a plan as to how much he's going to play. How how interesting do you you find that? that? Not at all. I mean, it's every week in college football – as you get late in the season and maybe you don't have a lot of depth at a position and you may be struggling there, you have a player or two, I don't care what team you're on, uh, that you take a long look at it and say, do we want to burn that redshirt year or not? My thing is, I, I wanna, I'm, I'm here to win games. But, you know, I want to make sure the parents and everybody knows what my plan is. So that's not unusual. You can go to every college town, and there is that part of it. Uh, Tim Rebo talked about it Thursday with a, a player that he was thinking about redshirting, and he took the red shirt off. So it's not only in a Division One, but it's in the lower level, too, uh, because of the transfer portal and transfers, everything else. You, you go through that, and Max has struggled. Let, let's, let's all be honest. Uh, now, some sort wanted to sell you that, that, you know, that this was a slam dunk before the season, that Max would be the overwhelming guy over Miles Brennan. Well, he got settled because Miles got the injury. Uh, you don't hear that anymore from the same people that were trying to spin that, that little story. He's plateaued as a quarterback. You see some fundamental sort of breakdowns with him. And that, you know, his accuracy skills of setting his feet and throwing over the top um, just aren't there. All I'm going to tell you is, and I've said this before for weeks, Garrett is a different type quarterback at LSU. He's barely six foot tall. Um, He's a gunslinger. And if you looked it up in the dictionary, (laughs) you'd have his picture next to it. He thinks he can make any throw in the world. And that's some good in that. And that's some bad in that. But uh, he's an interesting player. He's electric. Uh, You can tell with his personality, with his ability to put the jumper cables uh, on a team, that he brings a lot of spirit and excitement. And I think Ed's deal is, hey, you know, uh, he ain't got to worry about the red shirt year. Uh, Might be Jimbo. Uh, it might be Lincoln Riley, might be Tucker, well, whoever, but it ain't going to be me. I, I'm, you know, they paying me to win games, and I think if Max gets off to a slow start, I think he will not hesitate to put Garrett in. But I think again, you want to talk that over with the young man, with the offensive coordinator, with his dad, to make sure that you know all of us are on the same page on this. So it's Mike, not unusual. No, Number eight, Oklahoma fell to number 13, Baylor. And you shouldn't be all that surprised by it because uh, Oklahoma's had a couple close calls this year already. And Oklahoma almost lost to Kansas. Now I'm talking about Kansas. We're not talking about Kansas State. I'm 
about Kansas. Uh, Caleb Williams bailed him out in that game late. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, I've got, I got to know Dave when he was here in Baton Rouge. And, um, and guys, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard him raise his voice. I, you know, I've been to practices and stuff. I've been on the sidelines for, for some games. I've never heard him raise his voice. Not at once. He is a different style coach. He's like the old professor, okay? I'm going to teach you, <laughs> but I'm not going to raise – I don't need to scream and holler at you. And, um, he, he, man, he's got it going. It was a rough first year, and I got to talk to him during the summer, and he, he told me, you know, I went through the growing pains of that first year as a head coach trying to get my staff together and get everything right. But he, he's got it rolling now very, very well. It's a lot of competition for top players in the state of Texas. Uh, but, uh, man, and what a great job Dave Roberts has done as the defensive coordinator. Uh, the former head coach at Southeastern uh, Louisiana, and then he went to uh, University of Louisiana as a defensive coordinator, and now he's with Dave. And those guys, man, can they play some defense uh, in a conference not noted for it. Uh, and they played they played terrific defense today against OU. But, man, you can see it's one of those type years where for OU, who is the cut in the Big 12, Every week is a struggle almost. Uh, you know, even they were undefeated until today, but every week is a struggle for them. Um, and I get it. You got a freshman quarterback, and your defense has never been noted for being great. But the one thing I do remember, 2019 LSU playing Oklahoma, and that was Dave Aranda had all the chess pieces that lined up. Now, they didn't play great defense all year in 2019, but in that game, they had answers to anything Lincoln Raleigh threw at them. Mike, what happened to Spencer Rattler, the presumptive top quarterback in this class? What happened to him this year? I think there were some injuries early that I think you'll find out a little bit more about uh, as the season's over with, and I think he lost some confidence. Uh, he's all, you know, because I always look at, and Herb can probably address this, when you play quarterback, and, and Jake DeLome told me this years ago, he said, Mike, you're almost like a batter in the, in the box. And you can get into a slump. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start swinging at pitches that you shouldn't. You start throwing passes you shouldn't. You get jittery in the pocket. And uh, you also got to know Rattler's makeup. Man, he, he thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So – you understand that when he struggles, he's really going to struggle because it, it affects him mentally. And, you know, uh, Herb being a former quarterback, that when you every, – every quarterback goes through that one time or another in their career. But, man, Spencer was on center stage because he had really played well last year. But all he got to do was cock his head about a quarter and saw that young freshman quarterback. And his deal is, man – if something messes up, I'll never play again. Herb, you got anything for Mike? Well, you know, to piggyback on what he's talking about as far as Spencer Rattler is concerned, he's absolutely right that at some point throughout your whole time playing, and it could be multiple times throughout a year, it could be 
you know, right. you know, in the first half or or the third quarter of a game where you just lose it for some reason and you have no clue of what what's going on. But you know, at the end of the day, you have to be able to re- rebound and bounce back, and that's what the great ones do. Doesn't matter what happens, you have to become that greater player that's within you, and you got to make that that player shine. So, I do have a question for you though, Mike. Man, saying that you know, looking back to last week and how well that LSU played against. Alabama, do you think they come back with that same energy and, and, and flair and fire that they played against Alabama this tonight against Arkansas? Man, Herb, if I do that, I would be at the casino right now. Because uh, I've seen the ups and downs with this LSU team uh, where they have rode that emotional kind of roller coaster uh, all year long. And sometimes when you think they'll play pretty well, they don't. And then other times, no one expected to see what they saw last week. Uh, now, everybody's hurt this time of year, okay? You, you fight injuries, no matter what. And LSU's fighting it, too. Uh, but you saw Alabama, for the first time up front, really show some vulnerability uh, that they lost their center. They moved the guard to center. They move a tackle to guard and a guard to tackle. <laughs> that poor center, man, he looked like a, ra- a baby raccoon out in the field. He had no clue. Uh, when he should have turned left, he was turning right. When he should have turned right, he, he was turning left. And LSU had him fooled all game long with different looks. Do you come out with that same energy? Man, I would hope so, playing at home, building off of what happened last week. But bottom line, I'm not so much worried about their defense. I'm worried about can they get something going offensively. And now you're missing your two starting guards uh, Mm -hmm. out of that. So I I think no matter what, and you can say next man up, but I always tell that to Bobby and Christian. Man, next man up depends on who that next man is. Next man is. That, that next man, he might not be in the same area code. It's great to tell that to the fans. And some people, they really buy that malarkey. And it's great to tell the media, and it, you know, it, it's a coach speech type thing, whatever. But in reality, you know that that's really not the case. Um, I think tonight's game really will center around LSU offensively. Can they get mm-hmm. something? Because I think they'll play pretty good on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I think they'll give up some big plays in the passing game. But if Arkansas becomes hard-headed and just wants to run the ball, that's right up what I think LSU wants them to do. Uh, you know, for Arkansas, I'll maybe change up a little bit and try to attack LSU throwing the football. But for LSU, it's all about trying to put up some points and, and jump on Arkansas early. Uh, but the energy part, man, her, it's the hardest thing to gauge today, how mm-hmm. a 19, 20, 21-year-old reacts to you. You know, you've got a lame duck coach, lame duck coaching staff. Now, if you win two of the next three, you get to play in a bowl game. How big is that for those young men? I don't know. I think you're fixing to find out tonight. 
NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. Always a pleasure, man. Mike, thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. All right, we'll step away right, and come back. You. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. Herb, we ran long a little bit with Mike Dettelier, so we're going to make this pretty short and sweet. But as down as I am on LSU football, I am completely flipped the opposite. I'm completely, incredibly high on LSU baseball under Jay Johnson this year. One through nine, they're going to have the best lineup in the country. One through nine, they will have the best lineup in the country. Pitching, they're going to struggle a little bit. But if they can score, man, they're going in the opposite direction of every uh, SEC program. Most SEC programs have a ton of pitching power arms. This will be a fun year. This will be a fun year. I know it's a football show. I get it. But Herb and I both like a little LSU baseball. Definitely like that, and I agree with you about Jay Johnson. He's going to be great, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so, I guess, optimistic about our football hire because, you know, Woodward has does he's done, made two great hires, so I'm looking forward to the football hire. Me too. That will probably come the day after the A&M game. Could it that's be right. Jimbo? Could it be <laughs> yeah. Mel Tucker? Could it be um, – who knows? We'll find out, though. I, I bet you, Herb – and we'll, we'll go to break after this. I think that there's probably a handshake deal already in place with whoever that I is. I hope so. I hope so. He's Herb. I'm Christian. Not- this is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Counting you down to LSU and Arkansas this afternoon, or I should say this evening at 630 right here on the home of the Fighting Tigers. And, Herb, we're at the point in college football season where almost anything can happen. Like, these games are going to start to get crazy. And teams, we saw it starting last week, teams that should have no business beating really, really good teams are beating them. It's happening a little bit this week with number eight, Oklahoma falling. Uh, Mississippi State came back on a furious comeback over Auburn to win that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're at the period of the schedule where just about anything can happen now. It's a, that's what NCAA football is all about, right? I mean, that's why people love it. And um, it's been happening really the whole season. And it's one of those things that makes the, the, the college football game so interesting is that there's there's going to be one or two or three maybe really good teams that potentially can run the table, but anybody can be beaten at any point in time. And that's the, 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 the awesomeness about college football. And that's why I love it personally. Anytime you use the word awesomeness, it's it's on point. You can describe just about anything with awesomeness, that's for sure. One hour down, stick around. We've got an hour and a half to go here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.